0: In this week's episode...
1: Getting diagnosed with diabetes even before, I was just trying to survive, man. Like mentally, I was just trying to, to make it through another day. And I feel like a lot of people understand that feeling of, I can't fix myself, I'm just trying to survive.
0: But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulon Podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. Hello everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to another episode of the Insulon Podcast with your host, Owen, me, Costello, Costello, however you want to say it. Happy Diabetes Awareness Month. I know it's quite strange to say happy Diabetes Awareness Month, but it is a month dedicated to us. It is a month dedicated to highlighting the positive impacts and the benefits That diabetes can and will bring to our lives. I know there are plenty of negatives, but but, uh, let's not worry about those for now. This podcast is only about bringing positivity to our lives and our diabetic lives. So don't want any of that negative shit on here. Anyway, happy Diabetes Awareness Month. This episode of the podcast is one I love. I know you're going to love it, and one that I really enjoyed recording. Because I had on Chris Rudin. If you don't know who Chris is, Chris is a type 1 diabetic from Florida in the US. He is limb different, as he calls himself. He was born with only two fingers on his left hand and a shorter left arm. So he has a prosthetic arm on his left side. Despite that, he is now an elite power lifter. He's lifted over 600 pounds on a deadlift on a squat, I think, which is like Nearly three hundred kg, so that's just like incomprehensible weight. Anyway, he is—he's a powerlifting freak. He's an entrepreneur, motivational speaker, and pretty much everything in between. I'm sure that you have gathered from this podcast that I am big on mindset. I am fascinated by how people deal with things, particularly negative situations in their lives and particularly again when it comes to diabetes and being diagnosed with type 1 diabetes because as we all know it's not exactly ideal (laughs) to say the least so I love how people deal with that despite other circumstances in their life so Chris is a master of his own mind He is a motivational speaker, as I said, Mm -hmm. and this episode, there's a big emphasis on mindset. So we jump into turning a negative into a positive, identifying difficult times and how we can navigate our way through that, how to build confidence around your diabetes and overcome the fear that can surround it. overcoming the fear of long-term complications, overcoming the fear of the daily shit that we have to put up with and how we can take small steps each and every day to improve and benefit our management and always stay positive while doing so. So I know you're going to enjoy this one. And without any further ado, here is the episode.
1: I'm wondering if it'll ever go back to normal or what
0: the new normal will be, you know? Mm. You're in Florida right now. Yeah. Yeah. So how is it? I know it's kind of Maybe. It's been crazy down
1: here for sure. The okay. cases, COVID has been crazy. The uh, protests were crazy. Like, I'm sure after tonight with our election, it's going to be even crazier. So man, 2020 has been crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, it's certainly been an eventful year
1: so far. <laughs> uh, to say the least, man, like, come on. Like, do all the events have to happen in one year?
0: I know. It's insane. It's, just, it's almost like it's never ending. That- <laughs> Seriously. so how's business been for you otherwise
1: uh man uh speaking has definitely taken a hit you know um this was supposed to be my biggest year and that turned out not to be the case in in speaking but i found ways to adapt and luckily with fitness still able to do things like that consulting virtual events this whole year has taught me that the key to any sort of success whether it's in anything health-related, business, relationships, anything is adaptability, you know.
0: Mm, that's kind of a word that I always hear echo through all your sort of platforms and videos is is that adaptability.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, adaptability is the, the key to any sort of uh, survival, whether it's animal, human, anything, you know, you have to be able to adapt and we all, I, I tell a lot of people that we have the same exact story. You know, you might not be disabled. You might not have diabetes like me, but you have the exact same story as me. As in you went through some crap, you got over some crap, and there's some more crap coming, you know? So it, how do you adapt around that environment? What do you, what's the story you tell yourself around that? What narrative do you give yourself? And what plan of action do you take from there?
0: I think that's, that's the big one. It's, it's kind of what narrative do you follow in your life and the massive part of that. And because so much of what you do is based around mindset, it's, it's that narrative that you essentially can decide for yourself in a sense.
1: I mean, it, we, we all give ourselves a narrative because if you were to remove all emotion, nothing really has emotion. Emotion is applied by us. So when you look at, let's take a, a diabetes, a number, for example, you know, a blood sugar of 400 or 18. Is it good? Is it bad? No, it's just a number. It just exists by itself with no meaning, but we can give it meaning. We can choose to say that it's terrible. And now my life is going to suck. And now I'm going to die. And all these things are going to happen. Or we can choose to say, wow. Okay. Need to fix that. You know, we choose the, the narrative that we decide to spice up that base level, you know, food, so to speak, you know, it comes to us so basic and we choose to season it the way we do. And a lot of times we overseason things.
0: Was how you how you think now? I know we're kind of jumping straight into things, and I'll I'll go back after this. But the way you think now, and how you're so you're kind of so confident in your own mindset, and you almost have built up this sort of bulletproof mindset around diabetes and physicality and appearance and confidence. Have you always been like that, or is that something that you? kind of taught yourself or learned or Mm -hmm. built up over time
1: i definitely was not like that my whole life um i struggled all the time and i was the exact opposite i just let everything get to me i got it to the point where i was so affected by everything that happened to me that i believed it was everyone else's fault i believed that um the world was after me the universe hated me Um, I would never be anything because of what I had or didn't have, you know, my disability or because of diabetes or because of the way I grew up or all of these outside circumstances I let get to me. And it wasn't until I started to think like, okay, what can I actually do with where I'm at right now? I never want people to think that, you know, you're just this person who can never be defeated. I get defeated all the time. It happens. But it's not the defeat that matters because it's, it's what you do after that. It's what you decide to do from that position. I still have blood sugars that wreck me. I still have businesses that fail. I still have days where I feel like crap. You know, that's, I'm a human. Um, for me, that word, like the bulletproof mindset, bulletproof to me is like the bullets still get through. It's just, I've learned how to accommodate them. I've learned how to work around them and I've learned how to not let bad moments make bad days or bad days make bad years, you know?
0: Absolutely. I think that's one of the most important parts of trying to stay positive and particularly obviously with diabetes, inevitably there are going to be physical highs and lows with blood sugars and then emotional highs and lows that come with that. And I think if we understand and identify the fact that yeah not every day is going to be perfect there's going to be days where we feel like shit there's going to be days where we feel like we can do anything from somebody who has kind of who obviously has had bad days and continues to have bad days but better days also how do you get yourself out of those bad days how do you kind of pick yourself up when you're when you're feeling like shit as we all do
1: well let's talk about that you know let's talk about a shitty day um, a shitty day is not shitty 24 hours. Let's let's really break that down. Your shitty day is what, three bad moments? Maybe five bad moments? Five bad moments in your entire day. So the whole day is not shitty. It's the narrative. Going back to that narrative that we tell ourselves, you have to really pick apart the things you're telling yourself. Uh, I just posted something and it basically says your quality of life mirrors your inner thoughts or it mirrors your inner narrative that's true for diabetes and for anything. If you constantly tell yourself you'll never be good at something or you'll never get the hang of diabetes or your life sucks because you had a bad blood sugar. If you are able to extrapolate one bad moment and apply it to the rest of your life, not only is that extremely impressive from a creative standpoint, it's very harmful. It's self-sabotaging in nature because you're lying to yourself saying that a bad moment or a few bad moments, or even a handful of bad moments are going to guarantee your future, which hasn't happened yet, which that's an opportunity to do something new. So I never like to take my past or even my present and say, that's what my future is going to be. I like to say, Hey, if I want a different future, if I want to change things, I need to start working on things. Now, if I can't fix things in the moment, What can I fix? I can fix my thoughts, my patterns, my habits, my behaviors, my actions and reactions from the moments that are happening. They might not be what I want, but I don't want to take a flat tire and then set the car on fire. You know, I don't want to make it worse.
0: Mm. I think that's it's something that sounds so familiar to me because I'm always fascinated by people's mindsets. And that's why I was really looking forward to chatting with you today, because you kind of share similar values to me in terms of mindset and how we don't necessarily control what happens to us in our lives but we always control how we react and respond and that's always been something that i've tried to live by and it's easier to live live by that when things kind of seem to be going your way but that philosophy that you have for yourself it's difficult when you're diagnosed with diabetes or it's difficult when hard times come in your life. So had you kind of developed that mindset by the time you were diagnosed at 19, Chris, I think. So had you developed that sort of mindset by that age or was that something that you hadn't yet kind of discovered for yourself when you were diagnosed?
1: So to to backdate that, you know, diabetes was the catalyst for me to become who I am today and you you might hear stories like that but what I mean by that is I grew up with a disability no a limb difference two fingers in my hand and a shorter left arm so I was visibly different and I grew up in a bad bad area I grew up uh, you know poor I was made fun of I was bullied I went through a lot of mental health issues and there was low moments in my life where you know I just didn't want to be around anymore and I went through everything from, you know, substance abuse to all kinds of hanging with bad people and the, the epitome of going down the wrong path. And getting diagnosed with diabetes was a catalyst to at least make a shift um, in the sense of, okay, I know that lifestyle is not for me. I want to do something different. I don't want to just be that disabled diabetic kid anymore. Like, it's a joke at this point, because like, how much more can go wrong? I was still in that pity, pity me mentality. So I said, there has to be more to life than this. And there is. And the funny thing is, my disability didn't change. And my diabetes didn't change. What changed was the the thoughts I told myself about myself, I stopped beating myself up over what I didn't have the fingers I didn't have or the look I didn't have or the life I didn't have. And I started saying, like, what do I have? Uh, the antidote for greed is gratitude. And when I say that, I mean, greed, we usually think money, but a lot of times we have greed as diabetics. We have greed for people with health. We, we crave, we are jealous of people who are in seemingly perfect health. We, we crave and we envy those who don't have the struggles we have. And I don't know if you've ever felt that, but I've felt that envy towards people who don't have to manage their condition minute by minute. I felt that envy before for people who have all 10 fingers. I felt that envy for people who lived in a perfect life. But envy, that, that greed, the antidote for that is gratitude. It's understanding what you do have. I would have never met you. I would have never met my best friends that are in the type 1 community if it weren't for this condition. I would have never made these decisions to get out of the lifestyle that I was in if it weren't for this condition. I chose to change the narrative, but the story elements are still the same. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think having diabetes as a catalyst for that sense of gratitude is is a perfect way to put it. And even from my own perspective and my own experience, I was a seemingly carefree 19-year-old, fit, healthy. The thought of diabetes ever being associated with me was just something that never crossed my mind. So when almost overnight you're told that, you're a type 1 diabetic, you now have to inject yourself pretty much every time you eat, multiple times a day. It's, yeah, obviously it's a massive shock, but you do have that sense of gratitude. And it's like, well, I do wish that I didn't have to inject myself, but I can manage this. And you can-
1: Absolutely. And that, see, that's, that's what I want to mention too. I think people get this vibe that, I, th- I say, like, you get diagnosed with diabetes and you should be happy. Like, hell no. That's the dumbest shit ever. Like, no one is happy with diabetes. <laughs> no. Let's through the air. I am not sitting here, like, being happy that I can't grab a glass with my left hand because I'm missing a left hand. Like, I'm, that's not <laughs> the mindset I'm trying to help people understand. What I want them to understand is to accept what is, to, and I'm going to say this phrase and I'll, I'll go into it a little bit more, to domesticate emotion so that it doesn't ruin your life we tend to naturally blow things out of proportion in the sense of telling ourselves this story that doesn't exist yet. Tell me if you've done this. You were diagnosed with diabetes. You start looking up what diabetes is. You see that diabetes uh, kills people and causes blindness and amputations and all this. You don't even look at the statistics that show the majority of them are type two. We won't even go there. But you start seeing all this data and then you start seeing, oh, you have to take shots all the time. You, you start overwhelming yourself with this mm. information and you start creating a future of misery and you start living in this future of misery that doesn't even exist. Mm. We spiral out of control. We almost fantasize negativity. And it keeps us dormant. And if we don't learn to domesticate the emotion that ruins our lives, we're allowed to have emotion, but we are not allowed to let emotion run our lives if it's going to make our lives terrible, not only for us, but the people we care about. I vow to be the person I never had growing up. And for me to do that, I need to take care of myself mentally, physically, emotionally. That's my job. And that's the job I've given myself for the people looking at me. And for me, looking at myself in the mirror,
0: I think we can, we almost instinctively jump to negative conclusions of the results of situations that we might be thrown into. And diabetes, as you say, is a perfect example of that. You're, you're told you're diabetic and you're thinking, oh God, I have to inject myself. I have to monitor my blood sugar. What can I, or what can't I eat? How is this going to change my life? And it is that, and I, I preach that on, on this podcast all the time of how it's your mind shift that makes the difference because diabetes is as much a psychological condition as it is a physical one. And not, not just diabetes, but every aspect of your life, if you're not clued into how can I combat this mentally, it's game over. So
1: when we talk about that, too, fear is a protective mechanism. So fear, that, that fear of like what's going to happen, what if, that anxiety, fear is naturally a protective mechanism. Uh, it's a, a method of survival. Talking That's about adaptability, fight or flight, humans, the fight or flight yeah. we are ingrained to have fear. Fear is not an emotion we need to get rid of. It's an emotion we need to domesticate and control. So when you are fearful and you start to have these spiral fearful thoughts about diabetes, Take a second and appreciate your mind saying, Hey, I appreciate you bringing this to my, to my you know, attention, but we don't need to go that far. I appreciate that you're trying to protect me, but I got this. And that, that thought has really helped me because when I start to spiral, I'm like, Hey, I see that you know, this is a protective mechanism. I appreciate it, but here are the things I'm going to do. Here are the thoughts that are going to affect effective. I always ask myself, Is this thought or is this behavior going to push me forward? or hold me back? Is this choice a choice I'm going to be proud of looking backwards? And if it's not, I shouldn't make
0: it. So if there's someone out there listening to this, Chris, and they're thinking, you know, I'm feeling overwhelmed as a result of diabetes or, or schoolwork or whatever it is in their life, and they're feeling as if they're sort of helpless, what sort of practical advice based off what you've just said in terms of that decision making for your future, what sort of practical advice could you offer them for somebody who's like kind of in their room stressing about the long game with diabetes or their health or whatever it is?
1: So let's break that down. Um, right now, I am, you know, uh, getting ready for a bodybuilding competition. So I probably couldn't run to my refrigerator, let alone a marathon. <laughs> but if I wanted to start training for a marathon... Not only would I hate myself, but I would have to do something. What what is the very first thing I would have to do? One one thing. I would literally have to start with one step. I couldn't run, you know, 20 plus miles. No one can run 20 months plus. You run, you take one step repeated over time, correct? That is how you stop being overwhelmed. You take one step at a time. We get overwhelmed because we think about all of the steps. If I told you you have to take 400,037 steps, that's overwhelming. But if I told you you have to take one step and then just do it again and then just do it again, when you start to break down your problems, that's how we understand solutions you'll never have a solution to an overarching problem. You have to be very specific with it. You know, you don't go work out. You don't do the workout. You do one rep repeated over time. So you have to break that down into one repetition. You know, if you have all these, oh, my blood sugars are terrible. Okay, let's break that down. What does that mean? Oh, my blood sugars go high every time I eat. Okay, what does that mean? What's the last thing you ate? Well, I had a piece of toast and I went high. Okay, let's break that down. What did you do? Well, I ate my toast and then I took my insulin. Oh, so you took your insulin after you ate your carbs. So maybe if we backdated that insulin a little bit, you wouldn't go high. Oh, so you mean your blood sugars aren't bad all the time. It's just you're not taking your insulin before you eat. You see how he broke that down from, oh my God, life is terrible to, hey, here's a specific problem.
0: Yeah. I think it's it's important for people to always be aware of the fact that the more you kind of analyze the things that you're feeling overwhelmed by, or even something as simple as that spike after you eat toast, it's not ideal seeing that blood sugar spike, but it's something that you can learn from and it's something that you need to notice. So therefore tomorrow when I eat toast, I'll know, okay, I had a spike, therefore maybe I should take my insulin beforehand.
1: I think there's a careful balance of like carelessness with um, uh, not Giving weight to things that you can't control focusing on what you control like we talked about before You know when your sugar is high The only thing you can do is decide what you're gonna do right there in that moment moving forward you can't and you shouldn't spend time You know telling yourself a story about the past that you can't change a lot of people get stuck in the past and they get stuck on things That they can't control they're obsessed with other people. They're obsessed with other situations or circumstances that they wish were different And they invest so much into a losing investment. No one would put their money into something that they know is going to be bad in an investment. But we tend to put our thoughts into situations that are never going to return. We tend to invest our thoughts and our emotions in situations that we can't do anything about instead of investing our thoughts and emotions and behaviors towards things that we can change, like being aware of our trends, taking a step back and saying, hey, what do I need to do in this moment? What can I learn? Who can I contact? What community can I reach out to, to take one step, not all the steps forward, one step forward. I don't need to become a perfect blood sugar guru right now. What I need to do is take one step forward.
0: You have said that you were somebody who kind of, you, you hid your physical difference and you, diabetes was that catalyst for you obviously it's difficult to make that sort of adjustment and it's a massive life change but even even when i was doing a bit more additional inf- like research for this podcast i was watching more of your videos and stuff and even when i was watching them i was like wow I, I was getting pumped up listening to your speeches <laughs> you know and it's it's inspiring and it's motivating to see and particularly now to hear in more detail of kind of where you were to where you are now and where you're continuing to go. Had you any idea when you were making that first step after diagnosis as diabetes being that catalyst that you were going in this direction?
1: No, no clue. Uh, I think it was Steve Jobs. He was doing like a, uh, a commencement speech and he was talking about, you can only connect the dots looking backwards, you know, uh, in the moment getting diagnosed with diabetes even before, I was just trying to survive, man. Like mentally, I was just trying to, to make it through another day. And I feel like a lot of people understand that feeling of, shit, I, I can't fix myself. I'm just trying to survive. It's, it's a struggling feeling to do that. Um, but in surviving, when you start making those decisions to start doing that one thing that's going to make your day a little bit better, that one thing that's going to make your blood sugars a little bit better – Um, It's a compound effect, you know, and in making the right decision in the moment, most of the time, as much of the time as I could, not every time, I found myself here. And I was fortunate enough to find the diabetes community. I was fortunate enough to find my, my passion and my purpose in life. And I was fortunate enough to let go of my fears that told me I couldn't do it and pursue it and I'm living the life that I've, I, I want to live for the rest of my life.
0: I was, I, as I said, I, when I was prepping a bit more for this podcast, I was like listing out the things that I wanted to introduce you with or introduce you as because usually when I have a guest on, I'll say this is who they are, what they do, duh, 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 duh. but I was like, there's just too much.
1: It's, it's literally like people like, what do you do for work? I'm like, ah. Uh.
0: So Chris, for people who who might not know exactly who you are, obviously I will do that introduction at the start, but what is it exactly that you do? What does a typical day look like for you at the moment?
1: Okay, so uh, breaking down what I do, I am a professional keynote speaker. That is my full-time main career, and that's like my main job. I've done hundreds of events all around the world, including Uganda, Bahamas, all kinds of stuff speaking on overcoming adversity, diversity, and inclusion, specifically in the diabetes, uh, autoimmune, and disabled space. So speaking is my main career. I also do consulting. I own a protein bar company, co-owner of a protein bar company. I run fitness challenges. My degree is in exercise science and health promotion. I also do the whole acting, modeling, management type stuff. And there's tons of other little stuff like writing, I have a book coming out, all this fancy stuff. But at the end of the day, what I do to break it down into one sentence, I help people see their world without limits.
0: I love that. And imagine me trying to introduce you to that, to all of that.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, to be honest, most people introduce me and say, oh, and here's Chris, let's give him a hand. They've literally said that on stage. And I <laughs> it's my favorite thing in the world. Do
0: you know what I love and what I what kind of draws me and has drawn me to your your social presence online is how. You obviously you, you have a massive passion for what you do, and it's, it's very obvious from from what you show. But I love the humor of it, too. And the videos of you cooking with, with your arm are so funny. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, dude, I love stuff like <laughs> that. And and that's such a big moment for me because, you know, I, I I was so terrified of like even showing my hand in public. I hid my hand for 17 years. You know? Seventeen years I hid my hand. So to be able to make jokes about it now is so relieving. It's so like it, to me, it's like empowering. So I, I love being able to be in that mental space to do that and not have any like hold back, you know?
0: Mm. I think that's, and it's amazing how you've kind of turned that around. And as you say, you've, you've hidden it for 17 years. I get a lot of messages online and particularly to the to the podcast email people are asking. And a lot of people out there kind of struggle to show their diabetes struggle struggle to inject in public or check their blood sugar in public. I know people's circumstances and, and these kind of things play a role, but is there anything that you would say to somebody like that who has reservations, let's say to publicly show that they are diabetic?
1: Absolutely. So for me, I, I hid my hand so much so that, you know, I would put my hand in my pocket And if I put my backpack on and put my hand in my pocket, um, I would ask to go to the bathroom just so I could take my backpack off because I refused to take my hand out of my pocket. I've spent an entire day in a classroom with my backpack hanging off my left side because I refused to take my hand out of my pocket. So when we talk about hiding, I, I lived hiding. I knew hiding better than most. And what the scariest part was not only did I hide, I eventually became okay with hiding. And that's a, that's a dangerous place to be in because it's not okay. If you prefer not to inject in public, great. There's many sanitary issues. There's many, all kinds of optics issues. That's completely fine. Mm. But if you, you know deep down, if you are not comfortable with the condition you have, it, that life is going to be a life based out of fear and anxiety and worry about not only what other people think, more importantly, what you think about yourself. So talking with other people, the best thing I ever did for my disability was being immersed in a community of other people who have been there. When I met my first people with prosthetic arms, you know, I, I saw that people were open and comfortable with their condition. And for me, just seeing that and being around that helped me take that step, you know. So I think the community is, is huge for that. And it takes time. Everyone is on their own path. Some people are extremely comfortable out of the gate. Some people are not. When I was diagnosed with diabetes, I was very open and advocating about diabetes. I'd wear my Dexcom or my CGM on my arm, but I was still hiding my hand. We all have a different process and we all have a different timeline, but you have to hold yourself accountable and you have to be honest with yourself and you have to be aware of are you hiding? Are you uncomfortable? If you are uncomfortable, what is it that needs to be addressed? Who can you talk to? Have you sought help? You know, we need to destigmatize mental health help, especially in the autoimmune space because we have a condition none of us asked for. And this condition is literally minute by minute. It's draining and it can be draining if you don't have the proper mental processes to, to deal with it. So uh, that's, that's, that's a little bit of my advice in a nutshell regarding that issue.
0: Mm. I think, yeah, it, it's, it's something that definitely needs to be highlighted, particularly within the diabetic community, is the fact that because this is a 24-7 condition, there are no breaks, you don't get a holiday, it doesn't care if you're at a job interview, it doesn't care if you're doing a speech or at the gym, it's, it's always there, and I think because of that, the physical side of that, and again, the emotional side of that can take its toll on you. And that's why we can be more susceptible to mental health issues, unfortunately. So a big part of that is kind of having that sort of acceptance. And again, an easy way to reach out to people is getting involved with the diabetic community.
1: I think we worry about comparison too. Um, A lot of people are stuck comparing There are millions of diabetics, but a lot of people are isolated in the sense of they don't know many diabetics or maybe none. You know, I know for me, I didn't really know anyone who had diabetes. So we get that feeling of alone. And until you reach out to community, even the diabetes online community, um, feeling alone is a terrible position to be in with a condition that's really hard to manage. I will not lie to you. Diabetes is hard to manage. Uh, right now I'm like a little under the weather and my blood sugars were like through the roof yesterday. I felt like insulin was just like water not coming down at all. It's those moments where it's easy to spiral out of control mentally and we have to take a step back and say like, okay, do I need to reach out to someone? What what can I do? Can I educate myself? Can I reach out to community? Can I, you know, kind of talk myself off this ledge of, hey, I'm about to spiral. and like, lose my shit
0: yeah and i think what you touched on in more detail earlier is is so important about being able to analyze and identify the fact that things aren't always going to be perfect so when they aren't as perfect as i'd like them to be how can i combat that how can i come out of that in a more positive way i I know obviously the current climate with with the virus and all that kind of thing might have had its uh impacts on your speaking publicly chris but is there anything that you're very excited for, for the future?
1: Definitely. So I signed a deal with a publisher for my first like official book, and that comes out in March. So it'll be in Barnes & Noble, uh, hopefully internationally, but definitely in the United States, and it'll be available. So I spent a year writing it, and I am extremely excited about that. Um, I'm excited for speaking to eventually open back up. I miss doing events, especially in the diabetes community, Uh, reaching people and just being able to connect with people but at the end of the day whether I'm connecting through a zoom meeting like this on a podcast or in a facebook group just knowing that I have a community of people you know that get us that understand us and always have our back it's a pretty comforting
0: feeling and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing well reading the book is it just about your life, mindset, diabetes, what is it about specifically?
1: There's, there's a little bit of uh, my story in there, but the majority of it is uh, basically teaching how to leverage limitations and turn adversity into advantage. So it applies to diabetes or any sort of hardship.
0: I'm sure there's a lot of people that will, will definitely benefit from that. I'm okay, so I want to ask you a question before we jump off. I always like to finish each episode with this question because... I like to basically hear people's perspective on things and what they can take positive out of it, how they can make something positive. You obviously are a master at doing that from the sounds of it. But if you could thank diabetes for something, what would that be?
1: I would thank diabetes for giving me the opportunity to be the person I never had growing up. Diabetes was the catalyst to becoming something I never thought possible. I define myself as uh, disabled, you know, weak, broken, useless, helpless, and diabetes was the reason I got myself out of that mindset and the reason I've been able to talk with thousands and thousands of people on helping them earn a better quality of life through their quality of thought. So if it weren't for diabetes, not only would I not be doing that, I honestly couldn't say I would even be here at all.
0: Love it. And I thank your diabetes, Chris, because if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't know either. So that's, that's another positive.
1: <laughs> I, I appreciate you, man. And uh, trust me, if there is ever a time that we can get together, I would love to grab a non-alcoholic whiskey with you. Uh <laughs>
0: I don't, I don't think mind. I can do a non-alcoholic, but I'll be there regardless.
1: I'm just saying that to be nice. We're damn sure going to do straight whiskey, but oh, I'm looking forward to that moment where we can do
0: that. man absolutely, you'll be you'll be in Ireland sooner than we expect. I really where, hope so. Where can people find you, and how can they learn more about you? Uh, just
1: at Chris Rudin on all social media platforms, YouTube, Instagram, and my website is chrisrudin.com. And uh, yeah, if you guys ever need anything, uh, don't mind just messaging me. I'd, message everyone back, and I'm always down to talk.
0: Nice one. Thanks, Chris. Really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me, man. Before I jump off, I just want to leave a quick note to thank you all for listening. I always appreciate you tuning in and listening to the episodes. If this is the first episode you've listened to, be sure to go back and listen to the other 35. There's a lot in there, a lot of valuable information, so don't miss out on that. And as always, rate Comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. The more that you do that, the more diabetics that will hear this podcast. The goal of this podcast is to reach as many diabetics around the world as possible, inform and educate them as much as possible, redefine diabetes in their own minds so they can, just like Chris, learn to completely dominate this condition and do whatever it is they want to do in their life. To celebrate, Diabetes Awareness Month, I have loads of diabetic t shirts to give away. So they are hypoglycemia t shirts. I'll be posting them on social media, so look out for that. But if you want to get one of those t shirts, all you have to do is screenshot this podcast, share it on social media, and tag me, and you'll be in with a chance to win one. Obviously, (laughs) by the amount of episodes of the podcast that I've done on hypoglycemia, It's something that I have kind of like a love-hate relationship because I absolutely hate getting hypos like every diabetic around the world, but I love talking about them. I love trying to understand them and love hearing how other people feel when they have a hypo. So hypoglycemia and a cool image on the front too. So if you want a chance to win that, as I said, screenshot, share on social media and tag me and Graeme. Depending on how you feel but don't worry about him but as always have a fantastic week and i will chat to you soon mind those blood sugars and i'll talk to you